Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Well, thank you so much for tuning in and here's why you should listen. We're answering the following questions in today's episode. Number one, how to find God's will for your life. Number two, what are some mistakes that we make when dating and more about adulting and career? Let's get to it. So my guest today is Jonathan Pakluda, better known as JP. He wrote two books, uh, Welcome to Adulting, and then Outdated. Outdated is a, a book about dating. He is a former director of The Porch, a ministry that literally reaches thousands of young adults in the Dallas area. But now he is a pastor of Harris Creek Baptist Church. He also is a podcaster. It's called Becoming Something, and I'm going to leave the link in the show notes. But most importantly, he is a husband to one and father to three. So welcome to the show, JP. What's up, my man? How are you? I am doing good. How about yourself? Just living the dream here in Waco, Texas, Waco town, making it happen, doing podcasts with you. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I'm pumped. Dude, same here. And I just want to pub- publicly let's say you thank you just for your impact on the body of Christ, um, specifically to young adults and sp- even more specifically to, my, uh, to myself through your sermons, uh, through your podcast called Becoming Something. And don't worry, I'll leave that link in the show notes. And through your book, Welcome to Adulting, Navigating Faith, Friendship, Finances, and the Future. I know I said a mouthful, but thank you so much, JP. Yeah, my man. Well, thanks for reading the book. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thank you for letting me preach the word of God and, uh, and, and being a advocate for young adults, man, I, the, the future of the church. I, I believe that people in their 20s and 30s are the future of the church. We must invest in the future of the church or our church has no future. So let's go. I totally agree. And I love that so much. But so since you wrote the book on it, in your own words, what is adulting? Yeah. Adulting is is uh, playing that adult game. You know, it's it's growing up. It is paying your own bills, paying your own cell phone bill, paying your own insurance. Mm-hmm. It is having a J-O-B and uh, going there every day and, you know, making, making it happen making a living and yeah so just just growing up moving moving toward adulthood it is a made-up word but it did make its way into webster's dictionary and so uh it's it's an official word now it is not just a not just a fictitious word any longer so yeah welcome to adulting man was just written because uh, so many people were bumping their heads up against the challenges of crossing over from you know you like go to class you go to school your whole life is routine every day every day every day you finally graduate from college if that's your thing and then you enter into the real world the book was almost called welcome to the real world mm. you enter into the real world and it's like is this it and i see so many people bump their heads against the same problems with relationships with money with with worried about the future anxiety uh sin struggles you know pornography sex addiction alcohol 
drugs, all of the materialism, self-righteousness, right? all of these things are just hitting us at, at this season of our life. And we begin to make decisions that will impact the rest of our life. And that's the that's really the, the heart behind this idea of becoming something. The podcast is we're all becoming something. We're all training. Every moment is training for a future moment that we're going to live in. And so that's just, I want to do everything I can to help set people up for success and, and really a life centered on Jesus in the, the future or the, the next season of their life. And I, I appreciate that term adulting and also the title to your podcast, becoming something just that ING, it just speaks to the progressive nature that we don't just get to this one point. All right. I read the entire Bible. Like I'm the best Christian out there, but there's a constant process of sanctification and drawing closer and closer to the Lord. That's right. Yeah. I mean, we are like the Holy spirit is shaping us into someone and he is continuing to conform us to the image and the character of Jesus Christ. And he's using our circumstances, our situations, our trials, our tribulations as we surrender to him. And I, I don't think we think about that enough. I, I don't think we realize that ideas and thoughts and, and actions have future consequences and, and also future graces as we, as we follow obedience of God as we walk in obedience that, that he, he loves to bless obedience. You know, he, he, he has, he has created the world in such a way where we are often blessed when we, when we walk in obedience with him. Sometimes, you know, as Hebrews 11 says, we're sold in two. We face trials of many kinds. And Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But the blessing comes through, like, in the way of faith. Like, we can trust mm-hmm. God and we die and we get to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever in his kingdom. So I'm not like pawning off the the prosperity gospel when i say that i'm just saying naturally like the lord often blesses obedience exactly and that's totally understandable and the obedience comes with walking in purpose and in your book you said that and i quote the bible is actually clear in stating that god has a purpose for your life and jp you know this that one of the big philosophical questions that everybody asks themselves at one point or another is why am i here and with yeah. that thought in mind and that quote from your book in mind, how do you find God's will for your life and discover purpose? Yeah. Well, I think, that, I think, I think we were made for the, uh, made for, or made to glorify God. So to bring him glory in our life and our decisions, but I'd also just go Genesis one where, you know, God created humanity. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. It says in Genesis chapter one, verse two. So the second verse in all of 66 books of the Bible says the earth was formless and void. And then God begins to form and fill the earth. So he gives it shape. He begins to fill it with, with vegetation, with seed-bearing plants, with mm-hmm. animals of any kind in the sky and the sea and stars and, and the sun and the moon. And so he forms and fills it and then he creates humans. And he said, I made you to rule. So God really made us to be rulers over the land that he's designed and that he's ordained. And he said, I want you to fill the earth and be fruitful and multiply uh, fill the earth and, and subdue it or form it. So he passes on that responsibility to us to, to fill and to form the earth. And so this is really the, a picture of the Great Commission right there at the beginning of the Bible that mm-hmm. by filling the earth, we're, we're making, helping, we're making disciples, uh, helping make converts. We're partnering with the Holy Spirit to help people come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. And that's central to our purpose, to say in another way, to know God and to make him known. All of those things are saying the same thing in a different way. We were made to glorify God. A way that we glorify God that he, he, he tells us in the beginning is to rule over his creation by, by giving it shape and beauty and by filling it with his disciples, his followers. To say it another way, to know God 
and to make him known. We bring him glory in that way. I love that so much. Um, and a lot of times, I don't want to butcher the quote, but um, Chadwick Boseman, um, RIP, one of the things that I saw one of the quotes, he was talking about purpose and said purpose is ever evolving and it's not always connected to a specific um, career. And what you say, like you can make you can make God known and know him and bring him glory regardless of what career path that you choose. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. I mean, unless the career path is sin, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't go be a stripper uh, as, as a follower of Jesus Christ or, or a prostitute or a pimp or right. a drug dealer, you know. But um, but as long but but assuming that your occupation is not a sin, then you can glorify him as you know a, as a um, custodian. You know you can glorify him as a teacher. You can glorify him as an attorney, as a doctor. You can glorify him and as a pastor, or you can glorify him as an artist, as a rapper. I mean, you can, any number of ways, right? And so anything that we do, we can bring glory to God. And I think so often young adults are looking for the job rather than uh, fulfilling their calling in the job that they have and and really just, you know, working for education, not for money, like wanting to be great at what you do because excellence honors God and inspires his people. That is so true. And I remember writing that quote down um, from the the Porsche Young Adult Conference that I attended a couple of years ago. So that sound that sounds familiar. <laughs> and so I feel like sometimes young adults, and, and you already spoke to this, we can um, complicate this idea of like the will of God and um, his purpose for our lives. And yeah. sometimes it's, it's easier, in my opinion, it's easier to discern between a good opportunity and a bad opportunity. But let's speak to the people that's trying to discern between a good opportunity and a good opportunity. For example, like your call to go and minister and pastor at Harris Creek when you was already walking in purpose at the port. So what does that look like when you're discerning between good and good? Yeah. I think just like you're trying to figure out the will of God. I think so often we think about it like a pathway or like a sidewalk when, when in reality, it's probably more like a fence. And so I, I, you know, I've got three kids and I I think about, we, we had this house as our old house, Alice had a swimming pool in the backyard and, and a, um, you know, like a playground. I built this little swing set for them and there was a sidewalk. They would ride their tricycles on and do sidewalk chalk on. And it just like really did everything I can to make this little paradise for them back in the backyard. The problem is they couldn't swim. And so I would, I would tell them, I'm like, Hey, y'all go play in the backyard, but whatever you do, don't get near the pool, you know, do not touch the pool but you can, you know, and, and so they go back there and it wouldn't honor me if they were like, Hey daddy, can I, can I ride my tricycle? Yeah. Yeah. You can ride your tricycle. Can I do sidewalk truck? Yeah. Yeah. Can I do I, Can I slide? Sure. You slide. Can I swing? Can I swing? Yeah. Yeah. You can swing, you know, do whatever monkey bars, whatever you want to do. And then, and then they go, well, daddy, should I slide or should I swing? Should I slide or should I swing? Should I slide or should I swing? I'm like, I don't care. I don't care if you slide. I don't care if you swing. I don't care if you ride tricycles, sidewalk chalk, monkey bars, just don't touch the pool. Like that's my instruction don't, don't overlook my clear instruction. Do not touch the, you touch the pool, you're going to die. But that other stuff you have fun with. And I think that sometimes we're like, you know, God, should I, should I be a doctor, an attorney? Should I be a custodian or a teacher? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And he's like, I don't know, man, walk in purity, walk in sobriety, you know, don't, don't get drunk. Don't have sex outside of marriage where, where you work. I, you know, don't, don't touch, don't eat from that tree. Cause you eat from that tree, you're going to die. But man, have fun in the garden. And, 
And and what we do, Paul, is I think we obsess with the unrevealed will of God and forsake the revealed will of God. So what we'll do is we'll go, you know, click hashtags on Instagram and look at porn and you know, get drunk or do whatever we want to do, be materialistic. And then we'll say, but God, what do you want me to do professionally? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why is God going to tell you his unrevealed will when you've forsaken his revealed will? Like he's told you what to do. And you've said, Hey God, I really don't care what you are telling me to do, but now I'm obsessing with uh, what I don't know, your, your mysterious will, your unrevealed will. And so God's, you know, why would God reveal to you his un- unrevealed will if we've forsaken his revealed will? And that's why I do. I think it's important for us to walk in obedience and trust. And and the only thing consistent with my five-year plan is it's changed every five years. God wants me to walk by faith in relationship with him, that I would walk by faith. And I can't see the corner. It says his word is a light into my path and, and a lamp into my feet. And so, you know, when it's on my feet, I can't see around the corner. I can't see a mile up, up the way. It's not headlights. You know, it's it's on my on my feet. I can only see the next step I'm going to take. And often that's because God wants us to rely on him and we feel weak in that. But I would just say, you know, if dependence is your goal, weakness is your advantage. Uh, if dependence is your goal, then, then, then weakness is your advantage. The unknown is your advantage because you can depend on, on the Lord. That's why he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Hashtag amen. Because we, we do complicate that a lot, but I love the analogy that you give. It's more like a fence. And I feel like if, to the listener, you're trying to discern between a good opportunity and a good opportunity and either occupation or location is, is not sin. I would say at the end of the day, if you can fulfill the Great Commission and if you can walk in obedience to God's word, whether you're in Texas or in Florida, whether you're a teacher or a doctor, then go for it. Don't complicate. Of course, gather all the, the facts so you can make an informed decision. But so keeping in line with that, with that topic and this idea of purpose and calling and career, another thing that I heard you say um, is that besides freedom, work is the other big thing that makes adulthood different from childhood. So what words of wisdom would you share with the person that's trying to navigate through this concept known as work and career? Yeah, I would start with everything the scripture says about it. So you got Colossians 3, Titus 2, 1 Peter 3, uh, 1 Corinthians 10. Get all of these scriptures that that talk about and, and even starting in Genesis one and two, like God's calling the forming and filling and ruling and reconciling first second uh, Corinthians five. And and so if we if our purpose is to glorify God, to know him and to make him known, to form to fill by ruling, then where can we do that? And how do and really how do we do that well? I think we obsess with the where, the where do I work and mm-hmm. what do I do? And when the scripture speaks much more to the how you work, right? And and so it's not the where and the what, it's the how. He says in Titus 2.10, you work so that you make the teachings of Christ our Savior attractive. He he says that whatever we do, work at it with all our heart as though we're working for the Lord Jesus Christ because it's him who we're going to receive a reward from. So it's not that paycheck on the 1st and the 15th. At the end of the day, like our work is an act of worship to God. He says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, do not, uh, he says 
in, in view of God's mercy to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, that this is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so often we are conformed when it comes to materialism, to work, to get money. We're conformed to the patterns of this world. When God says, no, I, I want you to be different than the world. Work, your occupation, your labor, and your toil is a vehicle for the gospel to move forward on. And so when you work, it's it's about, it's kingdom work. It's about something so much bigger than what you're doing. If you're serving coffee, it's not about the coffee. You know, it's not about the coffee. It is about how do I represent Jesus as I serve this coffee, as I make these drinks. That's, that's, that's good, JP. I appreciate you speaking to that. And one other thing, I have to ask you this. Uh, I was laughing when I saw this in your book, but why is it terrible advice to tell people to follow their hearts? Yeah, because I think uh, our heart is wicked and deceitful and beyond cure. Who can know it? That's what the word says. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and God, Jesus gives us a, a new heart, a, a regenerate heart, but our degenerate heart, our old heart is always there until we're, until we're with him in his presence. So we always have the flesh, like we always have this other influence uh, that, that is, is at war with the spirit. And Paul writes about in Romans 7. And so um, I think, you know, if we if we look at where our heart has led, look at mm-hmm. every ex boyfriend, every ex girlfriend, every you know bad decision. Like all of those were decisions we processed with our heart. And so the the Proverbs four twenty three says, um, uh, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Everything you do flows from it. And so what that guard your heart is says above more than you guard anything guard your heart and, and just say, Hey, be careful what you feed it. Right. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you let in because your heart is like a bloodhound. Your heart is like a bloodhound. Like your heart wants more of what it's fed. And so if you, if you feed it, you know, um, broken relationships, if you feed it junk from TV and junk from music, then your heart's going to search out junk. And so, uh, don't follow your heart, inform your heart, let it feast mm-hmm. on the word of God. Let it know the truth so that it recognizes the truth and it and it follows the truth and it seeks out the truth. That's good. And that's tweetable right there. Don't follow your heart, but inform your heart and just follow Jesus and his will for your life. And so what what about this? Could you speak to that person that has been has been listening, but they're like, you know what, the job that I'm in right now, I don't like it. And so what does faithfulness look like in that context? Yeah. You're not, you're not going to like your, your other job either. I mean, I think we always think like the next job is going to be the job. How often, how often do we talk to somebody and they're like, oh man, I got this new job. It's amazing. It's going to be incredible. My new boss is so great and I'm making this money and oh, I'm going to do this forever. And then you talk to them in like six months. They're like, oh man, how's your job going? They're like, oh man, that sucked. I, mm-hmm. I quit, man. I'm, I'm out on that. And you're like, what happened? I thought you loved it, right? And the, and the problem is not the job. The problem is our attitude. And so in Paul's job, you know, he was walking into cities and getting beat up and drug out of the cities. They thought he was dead. They arrested him. They put him in prison. And when he was in prison in Philippians 4, he says, I've learned the secret. So there's a secret, right? There's something we don't know, something that Paul's learned that we don't know. I've learned the secret of contentment, of mm. being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Let me ask you something. How are you going to be... How are you going to be content and hungry at the same time? Like to be hungry, doesn't that mean that you're not content, that you want food? 
But Paul says, no, I learned the secret of being content when I'm hungry. And I think he's saying that regardless of my circumstance, that my circumstance and my situation can push me closer to Christ who is readily available to me. Like Jesus is always there. And, and Jesus is what I want most to live as Christ to die as gain. If Jesus is what I want most, then I'm going to let my, my circumstances, my situations push me deeper into a relationship with him because he's always available. If food's not available, Jesus is still available. And, and so in most people, when they say, man, I don't like my job, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's the problem's not the job. All right. There's this movie and it's called the informant. And, um, in this movie, this guy, he's like a CPA or something. And it's a true, it's based on a true story. And the, his company gets like caught up with the, the, in a crime with the FBI, the FBI is doing an investigation because of price fixing, a price fixing scandal. And so the FBI comes to this guy who's just like an accountant and says, Hey, I want you to work for me. You're, you work for the FBI now for the government. We want you to do the same things you've been doing. We want you to do them with excellence so you don't get caught, but we want you to gather information so that you can bring that intel back to us, right? You follow the plot? Mm-hmm. Okay, so can you imagine the next day that guy goes to work, how much like life and energy and joy he's going to have? I mean, how exciting that's going to be. <laughs> like, I work for the United States government now. Like, I'm a, I work for the FBI now. I'm doing the same things. Right, I'm doing the same mundane mundane tasks I was doing before. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm stapling papers and crunching numbers. I'm doing the same things, but all of a sudden, I'm doing it for this this much higher calling, this this greater organization. And this is us. Like God has put us on earth as undercover agents, and He wants us to work with our excellence. You know, to not to be found out. And he wants us to, to gather intel and report it back to him that we would be able to share the gospel and build the kingdom to form and to fill the earth. And, and so it's so much bigger than the, the, the FBI. It's so much bigger than any government. You work for the creator of the heavens and the earth. And so, yeah, you might put on a green apron and serve Starbucks drinks, but you're working for the creator of the heavens and the earth so that people Amen. would know him and make him known. And so work at it with all your heart as though you're going to receive a reward from the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what the scripture promises. Man, that is some good wisdom right there. And maybe the attitude should be instead of like, I don't like this job, but what if you flipped it around and um, to the listener and you ask yourself this question, who can I introduce to Jesus at my job? Like God doesn't work in in accidents. All right. So you're there for a purpose. Look at yourself as that missionary. Um, at that at that school or the missionary at that hospital or the missionary in the service industry or you input any other place like wherever God is positioning you look at that as your mission field as JP said like you're working for the king and who can you introduce to the king of kings and the lord of lords facts 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 most definitely no cap no cap <laughs> so another quote from your book man and we got to talk about this cuz it's almost on every young single adult mind and not even just young singles but it's on the singles mind and i remember you saying this in your book like one of the biggest hopes dreams and thrills of most single adults is marriage but it's also the biggest source of pain for young adults. And I've known that you have done entire sermon series dedicated to this topic, but in the time that we have allotted, I want to ask you this um, pointed question. What are some mistakes that Christian people make when dating and also just kind of how to date well? It's hard to date right now in 2020. So I just finished a book on this called outdated and Mm. it comes out in March, but here's what I want to do for your listeners. 
if anybody pre-orders that book on Amazon, because it's out now, and I'm not just trying to sell books, man. I want to help people navigate this in the most right. challenging time in history to date. So if they go on Amazon and they order outdated, uh, they can email me at ship at harrisfreak.org. And I'm going to send them an interview with, with my wife and I talking about dating. And, and uh, there's no other way to get that interview. It, it'll just go to, to people who, who pre-order that book. They can just send a screenshot of that. But I, I think, um, you know, as Christians, it's hard to find someone to date. I mean, it's, you know, you live in a, a land, a time of ghosting and digital dating and Tinder yep. and Bumble and swiping and, and, uh, and the hookup culture, you know, um, convolutes that too. And so, I mean, the greatest thing that anybody can do, if I had to give one piece of advice and it's all, it's like a roundabout, it won't feel like the right thing, but it would be to, to get really really involved in a church like find a bible teaching church become a member there be under the authority of the elders there and serve there like crazy uh look ask for things like get on a team a parking team or the greeting team or the kids ministry and serve there and and because i i think that's the modern day well if you will like that's where we're gonna go and and we would be able that's where god's people are it doesn't mean if they're there that they are god's people but it's just so much easier to find someone to spend the rest of your life with there than it is the bar or the club or anywhere else. Now you can find a, a one night stand at the bar or the club, and and unfortunately, a lot of people who are lonely cut you know cut those corners. Mm-hmm. But I would just say, man, get really involved in a church, and then you know ask ask friends like, hey, who do you know? You guys know me. Like people live in community, do life with other other Christians, and ask them like, man, y'all know me. Like who who would be I be a good you know, uh, husband to who would make a good wife for me, or who would I be a good wife to? Who would make a good husband to me? Ask those questions and and then ask them. Say, hey, would you would you introduce us? Like, I would love to meet that person if they know somebody. And I mean that I know that sounds crazy, but that's what I see in Song of Solomon one verse four, where it just says their their friends praised their love more than the party, more than the wine. And so I think there is something to this, like kind of arranged marriage in two thousand in, in the twenty first century. Is that that people who know God and love God help people that know God and love God find each other? Mm. And so, man, use that community. That'd be the other thing I say. That's good stuff, y'all. And so, live in community and get heavily involved in the church, and then just continue to continue to follow the Lord. And so, I feel like there are young adults that's listening, or really at any age that's listening to the listener now that may want to write a book or may want to start a podcast. I know it's two separate things, but you have done both of those things. What words of wisdom would you give to the aspiring author and podcaster? Man, that's that's easy. To the author, I would say write. And so too many people try to get all their ducks in a row before they write, and they want to know all the answers to all their questions. And I would just say start writing. And so if you want to write a book, write a book. And then when you have a book, then you can, when you've written a book, then you can begin to talk about publishing a book. And that's what happened with Welcome to Adulting. As I just started writing, I was working with Kevin. We put together an entire book, and as we rounded chapter nine, uh, a literary agent called and said, "Hey, you know, have you, have you thought about writing a book?" And I was like, "I'm almost done." And then that book was born. Wow! But I would just say to anybody that wants to write, to write, to write every day, and because a lot of people they they want to have a book, but they hate to write, and they don't know they hate to write until they try to write. And so my hope is, man, you want to write? You're an amazing writer. So write uh, a podcast right? You, you get a podcast together, but you gotta, you know, 
I mean, a lot of people will start podcasts because because you can, right? Mm-hmm. They want an audience, and you got to think, hey, what is my podcast going to bring? That what what void is it going to fill that's not out there? Like, what am I going to do better than anybody else? And begin to think about you know what what that is, and because uh, they're gonna they're gonna go out there and they're gonna be competing with you, Paul, right? And so <laughs> right, and so you don't want to do exactly what Paul does. You want to you want to come up with your own your own kind of flavor, your own thing, your own interviews, your own questions. Like what, what can I, what need can I meet in the world? So, so you make sure that you wanting to make a podcast isn't about you wanting to be a bigger you, mm-hmm. you know, and just have more people like you that it's like, I want to further the gospel and build the kingdom. And it's good. And I'm gonna go back and listen to this again, because I aspire to be an author and aspire to be even better at, at podcasting. And you made a good point, like, depending on what article you read, there's over 750,000 podcasts out there. And a lot of them don't make it past episode between episode seven and 15. So that's just yep. a fun podcasting fact for you. And so one of the questions we always ask here at Real People, Real Talk, this is our lightning round. So actually, I got three questions for you. I'm going to put you on the spot, but here we go. What are you most grateful for right now? My wife. She's amazing. And so, you know, just right now, she's holding our world together in so many ways. And that's the first person that comes to mind. Jesus, of course. But today, tangibly, I experienced Jesus's love through my wife. Love it. And number two, what do you do for self-care? I take a bath. <laughs> uh, man, that's just a way that I connect with God because it, I can't, you know, you don't bring technology in the bathtub. And uh, it's just the way I slow down. And and so that's I meditate in there. You know, I just it's just my time to be still. So I, you know. I, uh, if, if I can choose between a shower and a bath, I'll take a bath just so I can be still for a moment and relax and, and focus on God and count my blessings. And that's kind of my, that's my time. Man. Love it. That's a new answer we haven't heard yet. And lastly, how can people go from surviving to thriving as it relates to adulting? Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but I, w- I wrote a book called the welcome to adulting survival guide, uh, which is, which is, um, it's a daily devotional and it's, it's separate and apart from welcome to adulting. It's just a daily reading uh, with questions in the back. You can read it with your small group and whatnot. And so um, again, I, I hate, I'm not trying to sell books, but it's just, is so uh, appropriate for the question you asked. And, uh, and so I think, you know, I would go back to what I said earlier. If I could give your listeners one piece of advice, assuming that they've trusted in Christ, if they haven't trusted in Christ, I would say, hey, give Jesus a long, hard look and, and pray and say, Lord, if this is true, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins and you raised him from the dead and I'm going to live with you forever and ever. I'm going to go to one place, heaven or hell, forever and ever and ever based on what I do with this truth, this fact that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for me. Uh, you know, I would, I would encourage you to trust in that. I've trusted in that and it's changed everything. And I had this, I had a lot of stuff that the world offers, man. I had a penthouse condo and a Jaguar S type and, and a great job and, and the, the bottle service and bar tabs and all that. But I found something greater in Jesus. And so I'm not crazy. I'm just, mm-hmm. I've just found something good in a relationship with Christ. If you have a relationship with Christ then I would say, Hey, make sure that you are committed uh, member of a church that you have gone through their membership class, that you serve there, that you're known there, that you're being discipled there, that you're growing in God's word there, that you're giving there. Like, be uh, you, you Christians were never ever 
meant to to go at this alone, to be out there by themselves, me and Jesus. There, there is no, there is no uh, committed follower of Christ who's not a member of a church. Uh, we we were meant to belong to a church. So all that was so good. Um, JP, thank you so much for taking our time to hop on the, the podcast, Real People, Real Talk, and to share your insights and your wisdom. I really do appreciate you and your time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thanks for asking about Welcome to Adulting. Yes, most definitely. And for those that live in Louisiana or are from Louisiana, I learned this in my time in seminary, this concept called Leniap, which just means something extra. And um, as JP was saying, like, I'm not trying to, to sell books. Um, this thought came to my mind because I had I'm trying to get over this and like promoting like my podcast and I feel bad like I'm promoting myself. And so to those content creators out there, to those authors out there and podcasters, like if you're promoting yourself, but your stuff points people to Jesus. Hey, have no shame in there. And so that's one thing that I got over. I know that in my podcast, we mentioned scripture, we pray, we point others to Christ. And so I am going to promote it. So that's just a little lemme for you. So thank you so much for listening. Tune in this Sunday for part two of the sermon series, Loving God and Loving People. And then tune in next Wednesday as we're going to be talking about friendship goals, how to find friends and how to keep friends keep good friends. So God bless you and enjoy your day.